I'm Vince Roca. Did he say Venti Mocha? And sitting in for special guest Michael Hutchinson is special guest Tom Ayers. Did you say Money Ayers? You got a sound effect now, there you man. Go. I'm in. You are big time. I'm part of the family. How are you part of the family? You've been a part of the family for a long time. How are you, sir? <clears throat> I'm doing good. Yeah? What's new and exciting? Um, saw Sing today. Uh, sing. That's what you want to start with, is Sing? No. I just thought you said what's happening. I, just told I you thought, first I thought maybe you would start with it. You saw my okay. vlog and how much you loved me. That's what, before I saw Sing. I might have to edit out me coaxing you to say that. <laughs> okay. So what's new, sir? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I saw your vlog. Did you really? Which one? And then I saw Sing. But I um, I saw, I don't know because my emails are all screwed up. I, I'm, I'm backed up on my email. So mm-hmm. I don't know which one it was. It was the one where... You and D went your own ways, and she was talking about editing. We go our own ways every day yeah, except for I mean, Saturday. But, but. It, but I mean, like, um, it didn't start out with you guys eating together. Oh, um, yeah. It's the day that I had lunch with uh, Zachary There Bryan. you go, that one. Yeah, and then I went and, to a screening that night. And oh, that's yeah, why did you go? Because yeah. on that thing, it, it I just said, ended it there because right. I, uh, Warner Brothers uh, made me sign a piece of paper. Got it right oh, here. yeah. I kept a copy of it. Nice. Uh, confidentiality agreement. Warner Brothers Pictures, a division of WB Studio Enterprises. I can tell you that the movie that I saw was the masterpiece. Oh, Because that's it's cool. written right here so in the could... confidentiality agreement. <laughs> there you go. Um, but I'm not allowed to disclose anything about the movie that I saw. All right. But which you is can so talk about weird. your feelings, right? I don't know. Like, so it's, it, it's public... It's public record that the screening had happened. Like you get the invite to the screening before you sign the confidentiality agreement. And the invite tells you that it is a movie called The Masterpiece. Right. Based on Tommy Wiseau's movie, The Room. And it is starring James Franco. And you can look up on IMDb and see a whole slew of everybody who's in it. There you go. All of that public information. Then you get there and they make you sign these confidentiality agreements and they tell you that basically you're not allowed to tell anybody that you even existed in the planet during that time. (laughs) It's just like a big void, which I find like, I I don't know how. First, look, the movie was great. Oh, cool. And I don't know. I'm not allowed to talk about it. And I don't know how. The studio is going to send a lawyer after me to sue me for saying he said he saw it and he said it was great. Somehow I think Putin is involved in this whole thing. Yeah, somehow Putin and <laughs> is Trump in it. I don't know. Anyway, the the movie was fantastic. I saw it with Martin. And uh, yeah, so that was what I did that day. There you go. Uh, and I had lunch with Zachary Bryan and um, Zachary Ty Bryan of Home Improvement fame. And, uh, um, and how I made that. Yeah, and, lunch and I, I did sort of have lunch with Howie. You, guys, so, you and Howie hanging out. Yeah, How cool so is that? You, uh, so you saw the vlog, what'd you think? It, very funny. Was very funny. funny? You yeah. laughed. Was a laugh out loud funny? There were, there were, I have to say that there are many laugh out loud moments. Many, many more than three is many. That's good. By the way. So. Um, and, and also, like, you know. Um, sometimes I laugh because I just know you. Sure, and, sure. That's then, always a toughie. Is... But but when it's an outside laugh, when I know you know mm-hmm. this this is the laugh that goes, you know, no matter who's watching, right. it's not a friend laugh, right? You know, 
uh, bias laugh. Um, those are the those are the good ones, and there were a few in there. That was nice. That was great. Yeah, it's very tough to figure out like where where those come from. It's like you but know, that's nice. versus the versus the I know him, and that's funny. Those are nice. I I um, commit. And then I go, all right, this is the stupidest thing I'm doing in any way. You know, I'm going for the laugh. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, and you hope, those are the ones that you hope, oh, geez, I hope I get a laugh on that. Because otherwise people are just going to look at me like, you know, what, right. what, this is a train wreck. But, and that's stand-up comedy. That's yeah, yeah, the yeah. big issue with stand-up comedy. But if you're telling a story and people just choose to laugh at that moment, you know, because of your personality, because, you know, that's the way to go. I sent you a video yesterday that uh, Nerdwriter had did an, an essay on uh, Louis C.K. Did you watch it? No. I, I didn't I, get it. I texted it to you. It's it got to be in your text. Nerdwriter is a channel on YouTube, and he's a guy who does – there's a few people that do this. He's one of the better ones. He does video essays on various things. You mm-hmm. know, his opinion, it's exactly what it sounds like. Instead of writing a paper on Louis C.K., he does a video on Louis C.K., um, and he does them on varying topics, but he analyzed one particular Louis C.K. joke, the Monopoly joke, uh, which is made up of 205 words. And uh, he wow. talks about how uh, each word is methodically placed. And, and he, he talks about a lot of things in depth, nothing that would come as a shock to you and right. nothing that came as a shock to me. I love it because I always love, even though I know I, I understand the mechanics of the joke. Um, I don't always have the articulation of why. Mm. I just know this word is funnier. I just inherently right, know right. that, okay, if I end on this word or if we phrase it this way or if I give this expression or as you just said, if you commit, right. you commit to the story and uh, that those things become relate into comedy and they get people to laugh. And that just comes from me performing it in rooms at, at dinner. I've never been on a stage, but you know, I've performed for the table. Right, right. Um, and you, you get those pauses. And so this guy analyzes, you know, Louis's performance It's only like five minutes long. It's worth watching, which is why I sent it to you. Uh, you know how Louis makes it sound like this is a fresh thought to him. Just came to him. Even right. though he's performed this joke a hundred times, certain words that he puts in there. Um, and then he includes interview footage where, uh, Louis had done, uh, I, I opened for Jerry Seinfeld or I, I don't know, he, or there was a comedy like showcase with Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. So HBO did this documentary, which Louis was in because that's the, the nerd writer used footage from that documentary. And Louis is talking about when he opened for Seinfeld and Louis had asked Jerry, uh, how, how do you do that? How do you tell that story? And how do you, how do you get the audience to go along the journey with you on the story? And Jerry's advice was you have to commit like if you if if the part of the story is you're angry and the audience is laughing, you need to stay in that angry moment to maintain that with the audience. So there was a lot of little nuances and things in there. And I always love when when someone analyzes something and articulates it and lays it out for you. And like uh, the greatest screenwriting book ever is Save the Cat Mm -hmm. and it is not because like the, the I used to sit in movies before I read save the cat. I used to sit in movies and I knew inherently my internal clock knew this is the middle of the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The movie is too long, but I don't know. I don't know why I knew it was the middle of the movie and I don't know why I knew the movie was too long. And 
then after reading Save the Cat, which broke down this analyzation of scripts and how the beats happen, I think we might have talked about this in a previous podcast at least, or a little bit, or maybe it was with Martin. Um, if the first act is 20 minutes, mm-hmm. then the third act should be 20 minutes, and the second oh, act right. should be okay. 40 minutes. So if the first act's 20 and the second act is 50, all of a sudden you're twitching in your seat. Your internal clock knows it only took 20 minutes to get to the turn, to the inciting incident, to the thing that sent our hero on his journey. Now if we're stuck in the second act for longer than 40 minutes, it feels long. And interestingly, also the third act, if you go 20, 40, and then your third act's 30 minutes, you're like, when is this ever going to end? Because you've already done that turn from the second act to the third act, and now if you've gone too long in the third act, the audience is twitching, i.e. Lord of the Rings and its three endings to throw away that goddamn ring. So uh, if, and on the other side of it, if you take 40 minutes to get into act two, and then you have a 40-minute act two, and then a 20-minute Act 3, you've just made a 40, 80, uh, 122-hour movie that seems like it went in the blink of an eye mm. because you had a lot oh, of buildup, you told a lot I of see. story, then we sunk into that story, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, my God, it was over before I knew it. Braveheart, three-hour movie, but when it's over, you're like, we're at credits already? Mm. That was three hours? Are you kidding me? Because the structure of it is so deep in that build yeah, you and know, then the ride and I mean, then the finish. I, I'm with you. And, I mean, I think of when, you know, it's real important to analyze things because you break it down and you figure it out. And, you, and um, then there's um, the school of, of you I get as much quantity as possible. You, you figure it out as you go, mm-hmm. you know, and then come back and analyze it. Um, there are things like as an actor, um, my, um, my favorite movie is Public Grand's Village. Yes. Right. Um, going into acting class after watching that, or I think it was, I don't know, I was an actor five years ago when that came out. And I studied the thumb scene, you know, that um, he, I watched that scene, I don't know. 500 times you just mm-hmm. watch it over and over and over and over and you sit there and you go wow man and as i learn as, as i learn acting and as i learn what you're doing as an actor to recreate this moment or just to create this moment from you know ground up um and make it real and make it you know personal and all that stuff and you analyze and analyze and i, I would watch people analyze that scene and then then one day i did stand up and somebody was analyzing a bit of mine Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. All this stuff they came up with that bit. Right. And it was it was one of my favorite bits, but I didn't think that when I wrote that. Mm-hmm. I just I just thought it was a funny story and it's funny the way I told this and what you were just saying. It's like if I use this word here, right. It's not it'll take away from from the the next sentence and I want people to laugh at the next sentence, right. not this. Right. So I sacrificed it first. I might do that. Right. You know, but it's it comes very natural. It comes very, you know, um, um, second nature to where you go. Well, it's like having an ear for music. You have, yeah. You have an ear for the comedic and, timing. Yeah. And then somebody like Salieri sits there and goes, how did you do this? And mm-hmm. he analyzes and drives himself crazy, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, and, and I've done it myself where I just sit there and I analyze. Oh, man. And then mm-hmm. and then you do something and you, somebody else analyzes it and you go, 
okay, wait a minute. You know, you're thinking too much about that. But they needed to analyze it so they could break it down so they could have knowledge of their next thing. Right. What they're doing. Right. You, so. once you... Once you understand the mechanics of a script or the mechanics of a joke, you can write a joke or a script yeah. in a formula. Then to make that joke or script fantastic, once you understand the formula, now it's time to break the rules right. and make it something better than it is. Um, my, my writing partner, Steve. Yeah. Um, is he still your writing partner? He, he is by... When's the last time you wrote something called. together? No, I, I called him up and I said to him, hey, there's this thing, write, write some jokes on. And okay. he goes, he, I think he, he looks at it a little bit more like a job than he used to. Like, okay. well, <laughs> he yeah. used to go, Because he's, oh, he's got a different career yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so he's, before you, dude, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. Right. Now, there's no money in it right now, but you know. Right, there's never. Now right. he's like, what? what is it? What is it? Yeah. yeah. All right, you need jokes for it? Yeah. All right, I'll see if I can do it. I can save it. I'm like, you're sitting in your car driving <laughs> from New York to Connecticut. You could look at, look at it. Right. Um, but... Um, he, he and I had this thing for, I don't know, we worked together 15 years mm -hmm. where he would say the joke, right? Say the punchline and then have three or four words after it. Like, um, mm. like, um, as soon as I get back, I'll do it. And the, the joke was as soon as I get back. The return. Let's right. just say that was the punchline. Right. Nice. Back. It has a K in it. How could you go wrong with this right, beautiful right, right, right. punchline? And then he'll go, he'll say the next line is, as soon as I get back, that's when I'll do it. And I go, no, just say, that's when I'll do it, as soon as I get back. Right. That's the joke. Right. And he's like, why do you have to change it around? And I went, because you put lines after the punchline. Why would you do that? Right. And he was like, it didn't need to, it didn't need to turn around. And from years, I mean, you know, we... I can't tell you how many times it was like hysterical. Every time he wrote a joke, I would I would just take the last <laughs> last sentence, lop it off the end, stick it right before it, and it was fine. And he right. was like, "Oh my god, you did it again!" And I went, "Because you said the joke wrong." Right. Mine was the sticky one that you had to commit to, and if you lost, if if it didn't go good, uh -huh. people would be like, oh, he, "You know, he he hung himself to dry." That's what it is. Uh -huh. Where if if you did it his way, it's a story. You can get away with without committing, you know? Right. Committing 100% going, and it's when I get back. Right. Well, you have, so then the other side of that, of what he's doing, is you do have the punchline. Then you have a couple of more tags to reinforce the punchline and let the audience laugh. Absolutely. And, and a tag is different because a tag, a tag would, is, is would get another laugh. His little line Usually is, not as big as the punchline right, laugh, though. Right. Just enough to carry the audience. And and I'm whatever. all for tags. But his was, and I'll do it then. You know, like, it was it was a peter out. And it was, like, it, when you when you act it out, when you do it, you go, you go, here's the laugh is going to, when I get back, right, right. I'll do it then. You know? And then right. it's just this little added extra that would drive me nuts in the writing of it. Sometimes, just off the cuff, I would naturally, I'll naturally do that. Yes. But if I sat down and wrote it, took the time, right. I would flip it around. Right. You know. Right. So, so uh, back to me. Yes, you. Right. I vlogged uh, and, uh, and you saw it. And uh, as I was having lunch with a celebrity, another celebrity arrived in the background. 
That's and right. Sat down for lunch. And yeah, you guys were hobnobbing and rubbing elbows with the biggies. That celebrity was Howie Mandel. And on my way out, I was trying to time my walk out to uh, to you know say something to Howie. Actually, what I what I was going to say is uh, that I love him on uh, America's Got Talent, and I love the bit uh, that he did on America's Got Talent, where he get, he went out man on the street, found some people who unsuspecting passerbys. And he gave them a tour of his star and he oh, nice. walked around his star in little tiny footsteps with them in, in like in a train behind him, like like they were doing a conga line. But little tiny footsteps. He went down the rectangle, one side of the star, made a turn, went down the other side, made a turn and came back and committed to yes. the entire walk around the star. Yeah. And I loved it. I thought it was brilliant. And uh, and I was that's what I was going to say to him. But. When I passed by him, he uh, he was engrossed in conversation that he was having, and I didn't want to interrupt him. Yeah, and uh, and I kept going, and then uh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's I I am a firm believer that you can walk up to any celebrity mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. and introduce yourself, tell them you enjoy their their stuff, and they'll be fine with it. I, Does that work with let's someone who's universally loved like? Uh, you know Brad Pitt or or uh, Johnny Depp. I mean, you know, it's for the most part, it's always great to hear. I love your work. I love right. what you did. I love that. But when that's all you hear, do you get tired of it and you just know, go, God okay. damn? The the few um, celebrities that I know that I've watched it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Danza. If if you. Uh, that's who Steve and I wrote for most of the time. Yeah. Um, you used to, for people who don't know, Tom was an executive producer on the Tony Danza show. There you go. Executive. Uh, so Tony Danza. Um, so I, uh, um, one of the first times he, he was shooting something, family law, he was shooting down on Venice Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, we're on the beach at one point on the Strand. And Tony's just, he's all quiet. I've seen... People, people come over and go, oh, Mr. Danza, oh, it's great to meet you. Can you sign this? Can you sign right. Can we get a picture? He, he is the sweetheart. Then you get a guy that's 20 feet away going, Tony Danza! <laughs> and he gets so angry. Right. He's like, son of a Oh, he gets so angry. So he doesn't like the cat call when someone's like, yo, Tony! Right. Oh, and that's, that's... that's all over New York City. When you're walking with him, yeah, and yeah, yeah. He, that drives him nuts because it, it then gets everybody's attention turned. Toward, uh, yeah, yeah. toward him. If if it's just one person comes over and says something, right, right, he's right. fine. He doesn't want forty people looking at him or going, "Who's here? Who? What's right, this?" Right. You know. And then he's got a line of people because some idiot yelled it from across, yeah. you know, the yeah. street. And now, and you're in a hurry. You got something you got to do, and now you got to stop and sign right. forty autographs. Right. And, and it becomes a, a thing where he, he can't get autographs. Away. Yeah. You know. And then, and then getting point, away from yeah. something like that, you become it, a jerk. You're a yeah. jerk. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Tim Curry. Tim Curry was great. Um, mm-hmm. He, the problem with Tim, if you said to Tim, "I love your work on Broadway," if you said anything other than Rocky Horror Picture Show, oh, yes. just anything, he's fine. He's right. fine. He's like, "Oh, did you like that? Oh, beautiful." But, right. but as soon as you say Rocky Horror Picture Show, he gets so mean. Yeah, he's like, because he's again like the, what I said about Johnny like, Depp or Brad Pitt. Did, you get huh? t- yeah, that's all. I've done nothing else in yeah. your eyes. That's it. And and he's he's a sweetheart because you could see him burning, but he signs autographs. Sure. 
Okay, so I'm, I worked with him in Mexico. We Tim Curry? Tim Curry, yeah. yeah. Um, we flew back and forth. I was in Mikhail's Navy, and we were the henchmen, so I was his right-hand henchman. Right. right? So we flew back and forth uh, to Mexico six times, I think. Mm-hmm. So I'm flying with Tim Curry all the time. We're sitting around waiting. In, uh, and so every time he's got four, five, six people around him, he's got a line of people walking up to him. You know? And then at mm-hmm. first, you, when I didn't know him, I, I went, you know, oh, this is cool. Then as I got to know him, I was like, oh, that's driving him nuts. <laughs> he just wants to, he, right. it's 7 o'clock in the morning, and he doesn't want this. You know? Right. So then I'm sitting, I'm in, on the Mexico side coming this way, and I'm sitting there, and this little, little boy comes over. He's about nine years old. And he goes, oh, can, I, can I have your autograph? And I said, oh, you know what? I said, and I looked over, and he's got four people in front of him. And I went, um, you, want, you want his autograph? I said, you know, I'll, I, I'll bring you over. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at me like he's real upset. And I, I was like, I think that's who you, you want his autograph. That's Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. And I looked over, and I saw his parents, and they were like nodding like, yes, yes. you know. So he goes, no, I want your autograph. And I was like. That's very sweet. I said, but I can introduce him. He goes, Moon Dude, I shot this kid's um, show like um, called Masked Rider. Uh-huh. It was like, um, what's the sister show, Saban? Um, Power Rangers. It's the sister oh. show to Power Rangers, right? Oh, okay. And I owned an ice cream shop, and my name was Moon Dude. And oh, my God. And I did five episodes uh-huh. of it. Uh-huh. Um, and... He comes over to me and he's like, Moon Dude, right? And I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. You're my fan? Oh, I wow. have a fan? <laughs> I was like, that's great. Yeah, I'll sign that. So I'm following him around and his parents are like, get away. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's my fan. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I was like, I had a fan. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't believe that. That was like in Mexico. How arbitrary. So... uh Anyway, I, I didn't I didn't speak to Howie, and uh, I, I went my way with my celebrity who I was having lunch with. Have you uh, have you ever approached a celebrity? Um, I have. Uh huh. Um, Were they gracious? I have um, a Steve Martin. Was it? Oh yeah. Know. Yeah, I, I saw him at um, um, uh, the airport, and he's walking by. He had two briefcases, and he had a, a baseball hat on. And as he was walking by, I. I like my jaw hit the ground because it's Steve Martin. Because I'm a stand up, I play banjo. I mean, for God's sake, mm-hmm. Steve Martin is in front of me. You yeah. Know? So I was like, Steve Martin? <laughs> and he just. Go, Steve! <laughs> yeah, it was terrible. It was terrible. <laughs> Steve Martin? He's like bouncing his shoulders, like, yeah, it's me. Yeah. It's me. Eddie Van Halen. Oh, yeah. Um, Paul Stanley, Eddie. Well, Van wait. Hale. How was Steve? So he was. Like, oh, yeah, it was. It was, it was really. It was like. Did I you said, get an autograph? I didn't just say, say hello. Anything. Was I there said, anything? Wow, I'm such a fan, and you went okay, and I was like, oh, yeah, because oh, 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 and then he walked away, and I and I thought to myself, I played a banjo. Hey, I played the banjo too. Hey, right. I'm a stand-up comic too. Yeah. All that nothing. nothing. Yeah, I, it's the that's the weird thing is like you see people and then what do you say i don't know what so you eddie van halen eddie van halen this is a good one eddie van halen um he was van nuys boulevard and ben ventura boulevard where they meet the little gas 76 station Uh right there i was in the bathroom and this guy's like 
trying to open the door. I think we're just like, jerking it out. Yeah, this guy's yeah. j- sorry, I tried to open the bathroom. I did say j- j- this guy, I was in the bathroom. This guy's j- j- <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> it is Van Nuys and Ventura. All right. <laughs> so I go. So I'm like, all right. Wash my hands, whatever. Taking my time. And I open the door. And, and as I walk by this guy, it's as Eddie Van Halen. You exit. I'm he exiting. Enters. He's walking in. Uh-huh. And he's got to go. And our faces were about seven inches apart. Uh-huh. And I, as I, I mean, it was slow motion, it was, in, it literally lived the, the movie version the of surreal, this. Yeah. The surreal, like, yeah. that's Eddie <laughs> And I, I, I walked out, and I'm like, son of a bitch, that's gotta be him. That's gotta be him. Right. So I went over, and I stood outside, and I'm thinking, I don't shake his hand. What if he shit in his hand? What if he right. washed his hand? What when if he, he didn't? What right. if his hand isn't wet? Right. What do I do here? What do I? So I decided I'm not going to shake his hand. So I'm you stood sh- outside the bathroom waiting actually, for Eddie to finish his yes. business. <laughs> yeah. No, not right outside the bathroom, but I did make sure that there wasn't any other exits that he was going to get out. From. Bathroom adjacent. So I stood there and he walked out and I said, excuse me, Mr. Van Halen. And he said. <laughs> Which sounds so weird, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So, excuse me, Mr. Van Halen? And he said, yes. And I went, really? Wow. Okay. I was like, I am just... And I got to say it all. I'm not a fan. I was in a band all growing up. I play, we played every single one of your songs. Yeah. Not like you, obviously, but we did. Right. And I, I was like, and it's just such a... It's an honor to me. And he reached in his pocket, pulled out a pick. and Oh, get and out. Now, when he pulled out his pick, he reached in his pocket and he pulled it. I swear to God, I thought he was getting loose change. Because I, <laughs> I put my hand out like, I'll take whatever you're giving me, sir. <laughs> and he dropped a pick in my hand and I went, oh, cool. And then I thought that was so obvious that I was holding my hand out like as if it was change. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. Like he was probably like, he didn't have any clue what I was going to give him. But then I gave him the pick. And right. Went, oh, cool. That is so cool. And he was like, nice to meet you. And he kept walking. He, that was it on his side. That's all he said. Nice to meet you. The audience should probably know that you have played a homeless person. Yes. 11 times in your career. More 14. times than what? 14? 14. More times than anything else. <laughs> so Tom with his hand out on the corner of Van Nuys and Ventura is, okay. you, you would expect change. This is a very true story. I'm, I'm maybe, all right, four or five gas stations away one day. <laughs> I, was, I was putting gas in in my tank for my lawnmower okay and this woman came over and she i now i parked my cadillac <laughs> 20 feet away right and i'm putting and this woman is on the phone and she's got a dollar bill in her hand in her in her fingers and she's waving it but she's on the phone not looking at me right. and she's like waving it right. like in my face and i looked up and I, I looked her in the face and finally she looked at me and i went I'm just getting gas. Right. And she goes, here, baby, here, take it, take it. And I was like, that's my Cadillac over there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to say to you. <laughs> anyway, so thank you, you a- very much. That was so sweet of you. Uh, but I'm going to go get my Cadillac. Yeah. You're going to get mad when I get did in the caddy. T- did you take her dollar? <laughs> I didn't take the dollar. Uh, I, if I took it and then I walk away and she watches me get in the Cadillac. Oh, come on. All I, right. There was, was Slight sidetrack. I can't tell you. I am uh, a Mexican Italian, mm-hmm. born and raised in California. I consider myself 100% American. But when you look at me, mm-hmm. I look Mexican. Uh, there has been more than one occasion when I have been doing my own yard work at my house oh, and no. someone has said, oh, no. <laughs> How much do you charge? That's bad. 
<laughs> which is a big reason why I do not have I do I have a gardener. I do not do yard work. The yeah. last time it happened, uh, Michael and I were putting a fence in his backyard. I was helping him put up a, a vinyl fence, and a woman stopped and said, "How much do you guys charge?" And I was like, uh, "No, <laughs> I don't do six thousand dollars." <laughs> so, like you being homeless, I can easily right. stand in front of a Home Depot and get a there job. There you go. There you go. So Eddie gives you the pick. He gave me the pick. Walked away. That was, that was pretty much it. He, it was he his pick a, signed. Oh yeah, it was Van Halen. It was a little He's, Van Halen he, pick. Did, but did he? Did, was he it? Didn't did sign, he? No. Was it signed Eddie, or no, is it, it just, just a pick that says Van Halen? Just, yeah, yeah. Like how do you? How does any? I mean, it's special to you, and that's great. Right, but there's no way that anybody ever like knows that you oh, could this probably is. buy it at a store. Yeah, you know, but um, and you still have the pick. I'm yeah, assuming. I do. I have a pick. And did you ever play with it? I um I picked a little. No, I just left it on the but I have um the picture of his he had an um Audi um sports car. <laughs> Snapped the picture of his car. I, I took a picture of in the license plate. Uh, yeah, you fucking yeah, stalker. I'm <laughs> but um uh, yeah, it was the car was badass, so nice. I had to post that. Wow, you know what? I I left his license plate and everything on there when I posted it. <laughs> um I never like the, I used to have a billiard store here in Granada Hills, and on occasion, celebrities would walk in. And the weird thing that has happened to me more than more times than any is I don't first recognize them as a celebrity. I recognize them, and I'm going through the Rolodex in my head. Did I go to school with this person? How do I know this person? <laughs> oh, man. That and there's been me. more than one time when I have greeted a celebrity, and I was like, oh, my God, how are you doing today? <laughs> And they've done the exact the, when you're given that warm you, greeting, they're absolutely. sizing me up. Did I go to right. high school with this person? They're exactly. like, I haven't seen you in so long. How are you doing today? And then, like a sentence in, I start to go, Oh my <laughs> God, you're on CSI. I have never met you in my life. Right. You know, there, there, that type of stuff happens. Uh, it's happened several times. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. That the first thing, especially not growing up around here, when you when I see somebody. I feel like I I know if I know them, right. I know them because I grew up with them. Right, I, I knew I, I know them for some other reason. Yeah. yeah, not because I've you know yeah. seen them after on TV. years of being here. Now I'll look at somebody I know and I'll be like, what what has he worked on? <laughs> oh, that's my neighbor. Yeah, no, yeah, so, <laughs> you're going the other way. Like, what show um, did I see you yeah. on, Tom? I grew up with you. <laughs> We went to elementary school. So he, no, no, no. I've seen you on a I, show. No, Tom. We went we had fourth grade, Mrs. No, Latch. I no. really enjoy your work. What? I, I'm, Tom, the, I'm waiting in the mailbox? Yeah, Tom, <laughs> I, I work construction, Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen your buildings. So Cin, uh, Cindy Crawford. Yes. I'm telling that story. The mole. I've, I don't know the story. Let's okay. hear the story. Ready? Uh-huh. So my, I took my motorcycle to this new mechanic down Ventura Boulevard, and I'm figuring I'm about... I lived about a mile and a half away, so I'm, uh-huh. I'm leaving it there. I'm going to take my rollerblades, and I'll rollerblade home, right? Okay, right. Very good. Do a little exercise. Sure. Or, so um, as, I'm, as I'm coming back, mm-hmm. I'm on the sidewalk, I'm rollerblading. I went by this little boutique, and they were shooting um, in the, the window of it from outside, and so they had all the lights. Mm-hmm. It was, it was, there was money. In this production, it wasn't just a guy with a camera, you know? Right. And um, the the wires are all coming out of the store, and he's shooting. And I was on the sidewalk, so they went like, okay, you know, you can go by 
you know, like there was a guy off on the side, mm-hmm. like waving me on. As it, I looked in the window to see what they're shooting, right? Mm-hmm. At that same moment, the sound guy is miking Cindy Crawford, mm-hmm. and he reaches in her shirt, and she and the girl that maybe owned the shop, I don't know, they made like a little joke, and she didn't see, I, I didn't step out yet. Anyway, so she flashes nice. out the window, like to her friend, like, oh my God, look as if I would do this, right? Right. That's when my head popped in, nice. and I looked over, and I went, boobs. Like the first thing I did as soon as I looked up, I went, wow, boobs. And right. then her shirt came flying down because she caught, like, she saw Right. It. So it comes flying down and she went, oh, like that. And I went, Cindy Crawford boobs. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> so I'm, I turned my head really fast away from them so it didn't look like I was a complete pervert. And then I just started laughing mm-hmm. and I heard them laughing inside. And I, as I'm going away, I'm like, I might be the only person in America that has seen her boobs. No, I think she... Has she done... She was a swimsuit model, so yeah. I feel like... You would think. I don't remember her ever ever being topless in anything. I, I don't know. There's, I think thank I'm, God for the internet. Let's see. Cindy Crawford. Cindy Crawford topless images. Um... Yeah. Yeah, there is. Yeah, right. yeah, there's there's a yeah. few. I mean, some of these are fake, but I feel like I've I feel like I know this one. Um and I think she I think she might have done it for Peta as well. And there's a couple of her at a beach topless. Okay. Um so yeah, but that, right. I but mean, look, I don't think you of saw her. them like 12 inches away yeah, from I was, between I a piece was of glass. Very... Like not a lot of like you and Billy Joel have been that close. There I mean, I was thinking, you know, the, like the batch on the glass place. I was thinking, hey, that's that's how close I've seen. Yeah, Cindy Crawf- Crawford's boobs. I was yeah. very, I patted myself on the back. There is no greater day than when you get to see nudity on accident yes. for free. Yes, um, I and I, 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 I feel like I remember almost every single time. The last time was at Costco. Oh wow! You know nice. how. You know how Costco has the aisles with the pallets, uh-huh. but you know when you're looking at merchandise, you can look across several aisles. You can look into the next aisle and next aisle right. because you're looking. If you're looking at Cascade, on the other side of Cascade is paper plates, right. and you can see into that aisle. Right. And I forget what package I was picking up. I was looking, examining, and I look up into the next aisle, and here's a woman that's bent over looking at a package on the other side of me, and I am looking straight down her top without a bra at her boobs, and I'm like, this is the greatest day of my life. She still today doesn't even know. I was not – yeah, exactly. I wasn't stalking. That's what makes it the best is like not stalking. At break time – and this happened more than once. Um, we had glass counters, mm. and uh, I would squat down to get something, you know, from the bottom of the counter or whatever. Well, 
occasionally women would come in wearing skirts. They also would squat down on the other side of the glass counter to point out <laughs> what I was picking out. And I would be squatting down and I'm looking straight up their skirt. Yeah. And I, they always wore panties. They were, there was always panties every single time. There's never a great time when there wasn't in, right. the, in the glass counter situation. And you're like, you're not here for cue balls, are you? But, yeah, but they're impervious to um, like, they, like they don't. <laughs> Just, yeah, right. There's been more than once also where I would be showing uh, – uh, I would be on the sales floor showing someone something and a woman would squat down to like get something – the lo- product that was low or something. And now I'm looking down her shirt and I would then squat down to be at eye level with her. Right. And there was another time – got to tell this real quick. I was working on a pool table and I'm under a pool table and I'm wrenching on the rails and my dad is showing a, a husband and wife pool tables. And I'm under the table. My head is sticking out pretty much. And they come walking by and she's wearing a skirt and I'm looking right up her skirt. And, you know, and so, yeah, the the free nudity is the best ever. My best free nudity. I'm at the beach on Gladstones, right? Then the sunset. Yeah. uh, uh, Malibu. Yeah. um, But it's right where sunset meets the PCH. That's Gladstones. Is there Gladstone? I know the Gladstones in Malibu where Topanga Canyon meets uh, the PCH. Is it Topanga? Yeah, there's, Topanga. A, there's a Gladstone. I thought it was right Sunset Boulevard. Anyway, it's the same one. We're talking about the same one. I don't even think I didn't even think Sunset met the PCH. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, but so we went there for lunch one day, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for my car. And you can big long line, you mosey on over, and there's a big spot where the sewer comes out, but I'm up. 20 feet up high, right? So mm-hmm. I'm above the sewer. Right. And there are these two big cement walls that go out to the water. Okay, yeah. You know? Like, yeah. Um, like V-shaped. V-shaped out to the water. And, right. And I was standing right in the middle, mm-hmm. right? And I'm looking out at the water and everything. And I, lo- I look over and I see there's a photographer, you know, just standing there waiting. And then I look, I look down to the sewer and there's a girl changing mm-hmm. for the photographer, right? Mm-hmm. So she went in this little walled-off place. Right. But I am directly above her. Right. And I look down, and she took off her shirt. Right. And then she reaches into a, a bag, and she held out a white shirt and a blue shirt. Nice. Right? And nice. she, you could see her, like, going, mm, which one, which one, which right. one? She throws the white shirt in the bag, and right. she puts on the blue shirt. But now here's the catch. When she put on the blue shirt, her face went she up, looks up and looked yeah. right at me. Right. And she was like, oh! and I went, I think the white shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it was so perfect. Went, no, go with the white shirt. She was like, oh, my God. She was so mad at me. And I went, oh, it's not my fault. Yeah. I, it's not even, it happened so quick. It's not like I was sitting there going, oh, right, right, right. you know, just happened so quick. Yeah, that's the awful one when it's the accidental nudity, but. You're caught you're and you weren't leering right. to begin with. And now the person is like, think, you know, accusing you of raping them with their your yes. eyes. And you're, I, that, no, I did no like, such thing. That was not. I, it just it slipped in. Completely I, innocent. Yeah, I did not me. rape you. It's an accident. You <laughs> it fell on it. it. Um, going, I, when I used to snowboard and, and I love this and it had, this happened all the time. This was free nudity all the time. Usually just panties, but it's hard to change into ski or snowboard gear, yeah. particularly snowboard gear, in the car. So you always do this open door and sort of change in the right, parking right. lot, standing right there kind of thing. So there's many times that I, we went snowboarding and just sitting in the car, 
either waiting after waiting for people to come back afterward and meet up or whatever, and you just kind of look around and oh, she's changing over there. Yeah. That's that's, a, nice. that's the same as at the beach. Yeah, at the, the beach, yeah. that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, driving by on the PCH, that's where I go every day. <laughs> I go every day. Come on, somebody take off. Oh, you know what happened this this year? I went with my mom to the fish and chips place out there, Malibu, right? Okay. And we parked purposely on the other side of the street. Go and you know, I figured we'll we'll walk a little bit on the beach, but it was too high for her to walk down. Okay. You know, down the the rocks to get there. So I was like, whatever, we'll we'll hang on this side. Mm-hmm. So we went over eight. We came back, and this girl, uh, two couples pull up in front of us, and this girl gets out of the car. And she takes off her um, leggings, you know, and she's got this little string on. And she had uh, she had a body and a half. I mean, it was mm-hmm. like big booty. She's a, a, a zoftic big woman. You know? A what? Zoftic. What does that mean? Chunky. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so she, <laughs> that, was, that was a great look. What? <laughs> what are you? What is this word? What is I do not know this word. <laughs> um. I do so not, I do not she, think that means what you think she, it like, means. Had like heels on, uh-huh. you know. They weren't like spikes, but they were they were heels. They had at least three to four inches on. Mm-hmm. So now she's walking down the steps, okay, with with her boyfriend and another couple. The other couple went down first, and then her boyfriend went down, and he's holding his hand up like mm-hmm. to hold. It. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why would you not take off the heels? <laughs> so I walked five feet over. To watch this girl in a string bikini in heels walk down, I'm telling you, I went for the view. Right. I'm not, I'm not hiding anything. Right. And I was kind of laughing. Right. At least you could see visually that I was enjoying myself. Right, right. Right. This other couple looks over, and it was a young couple, and she must have said to her boyfriend, "Look at that pervert watching it," <laughs> you know, because. They got in the car and they rolled down the windows and they yelled, "Fucking dick." To you? I, to me. Yeah, okay. And I was like, when has it been a bad thing to look at a girl in a string bikini? Yeah, I know. When yeah. has that been? Like, why am I a dick? Because I watched a girl, first of all, go mountain climbing in high heels right. in a string bikini. It's This is my right. bag? Right. I should have gone, oh. I'm, and by the way, I was with my mother. Right. This is innocent, I'm telling you. <laughs> and your other side of it could be like, I'm not leering at the bikini. I want to see this chick fall. I... <laughs> Like I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the tumble down happen the I, the fail. I was actually being very pure and saying I was there in case there was a problem. Right. <laughs> that I would have helped them. But I was really hoping she'd fall. <laughs> Get a little road rash there and be like, Well, what were you thinking, honey? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> um, so what else is going on? How uh how are you doing these days? How's you, how's the health? Since health we talked about much it before, better. we got a much better. Been like two three days without any, you without know, an incident. So I I had that little episode with the um, uh, um, AFib, right? And it's going. And are we talking about when I was when we were doing the trim, or are we talking about before that? Because uh, a few days ago I went to Tom's to uh, help him do trim around a window. There's a vlog about that. You can watch that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you. We were telling a story, and you got a little. You had to take a uh, pill. You got a little excited. Oh yeah, yeah. Same, same. Your heart went. Yeah, so time around that. Right? Okay. But then there's a three four day period after that where it's kind of a 
um, recovery period mm-hmm. from that. Also, from both physically and mentally, because it really bums you out when, you know, sitting there thinking, Jesus, I have no control over this. And this right. is my heart doing something that it shouldn't be doing. Right. You know? So, um, there's like a three, four day, and then it's a muscle, so the muscle's tired. To be tired. fair, your heart thinks it should be doing this. Yes. Your heart's doing something that you don't want it to do. Right, but... But your heart is not like... But it's dangerous <laughs> in that... Um, what what happens is it's not pump, pumping out the blood that it should be pumping out, so the blood is sitting in there, pooling, and if it cl- if it starts to clog or clot, right, it'll it it's dangerous. But just like the girl who was walking down the steps, taking the <laughs> taking the try, like taking the the gamble, what's going to happen in these heels? Your heart could be sitting there going, "What happened if I let this stuff pool? <laughs> I don't know. This is interesting. It's nice and warm in here." <laughs> Your heart's doing things that it wants to do. That, maybe right. you don't want. Right. To be fair, and I'm like, it's, Dick. to be fair, your heart is happy. Exactly. Your heart <laughs> is happy. Dick. And you're running by going, Dick. When has this been a bad thing? That- <laughs> exactly. Your heart's like, I have blood in me all the time. I just want to hang out with some of it more. What's wrong with that? Yes. So I give you everything. Yes. <laughs> so it takes three, four days to, to kind of get on the other side of it. And it's been like three, four days of <clears throat> of doing good, uh-huh. you know? uh-huh. yeah, a little every once in a while, a little something. Uh, it, it beats all cattywampus, but not not as dramatic. So it's been good. But you're going to have another operation. Um, it's not it's not official. I don't. Oh. See, there's no there's no turning back. It's not like it, this aneurysm is going to go away. So right. It's it, it's either let's sit here and, and keep an eye on it and wait till it gets bigger or let's just get rid of it now. So that's when I'm waiting for the, the surgeon to, um, to make that decision. I don't think that's a decision. I don't understand the let's see if it gets bigger. Yeah, people are like, um, let's keep an eye on it. Um, and, and you're right. There are some people that go, there's no reason for you to leave the hospital right now. You should have this done right now. Do not go home. And then there are other people that are going, let's keep an eye on it, you know. Look, I'm with you. <laughs> if there was, I just, in this week, I've also vlogged about this. In this week, I have repaired a leaky faucet. Yes, I saw the leaky faucet. Okay. Four there, hours. There is no, yes, it took a long, it was turning into a big yeah. thing. I thought, look, when I went to go repair that leaky faucet, I was just like, I'm going to replace two cartridges. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be, I'm going to pull it out. Get the part, or drive to the hardware store, get the part, and I'm gonna come back and put it back together. No, 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 no. Those are the O rings. Anyway, but um, uh, I repaired a leaky faucet. I didn't stop and go, let's see if how this works. Let's see if one day I come home and my home is destroyed because there's water everywhere. It's not a like. I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to come home to anything. It would be different <clears throat> if it was like there's a huge risk in doing this operation, right? And look, there's a risk with any operation with anesthesia, but I don't know that it's a bigger risk for you, is it? Um, yeah, only because of all these heart problems that I'm having. So there's a fear so, of that that doing the operation cause more harm. Yeah. Right. Well, not more harm, but um, it's it is there's a risk there that um, that my heart's acting up. You know? I. The first time I went under anesthesia uh, was to have wisdom teeth extracted, my lower ones, I think. I was 20 years old, and um, I had read uh, information about it that um, 
there is a certain percentage of the population that will die under anesthesia. Mm. And you don't know if you're that person right. until you're put under anesthesia. It's a very small percentage, but I was like, holy shit, I'd that's, never been under. I mean, yeah. And uh, I had asked my my dentist, who was an old old guy, he was like, he was about, he's got, he's retired. He's dead now, I'm sure. Um, he was really on the cusp of retirement. I think he was like 90 years old at the mm. point that he did my teeth. Um, but I had asked him, I was like, I asked him about it, and he goes, <laughs> so funny, he goes, well, if it happens, you'll never know. That's true. I was like, well, that's comforting, I guess. You know, I'm just going <laughs> to fade off into sleep and that's it. And that first time that I went under, Deanna wasn't with me. There was a nurse, uh, Tanya, or Tanya, I think her name was, or Tatiana. Um, <clears throat> there was a nurse who was very pretty or very cute. And as I was going under, I started to sort of panic. And I don't want the last thing to be that I see was this ugly. Uh, anesthesiologist and the nurse was nearby and I was calling for her. I was calling for her to come to me. And I guess I was so desperate. She thought like I was calling her. I was going to punch her. Like, I guess people get punchy or whatever. Oh, yeah. You're getting loopy or drunk. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, what the hell does he, what, what? And she sort of came over, but very apprehensive. And then I was gone. I was right. out. Uh, and then I woke <clears> up <throat> from it. Um, so I, and afterwards I, I told her I was, you know, I just, I didn't want the last thing that I see to be this guy. Uh, and, uh, and the, you know, now I know that I can go under anesthesia and I've been under anesthesia several more times since then with no problems whatsoever. Uh, and it's a very small po- portion of the population, but you've been under, so you I've been know under, you're I'm good. not worried about that. What <clears throat> my, my main thing is, and I want to get this fucking tattooed on me, um, Versed, the, the forgetter drug, the, um, is the most, is the most evil, evil thing that you could um, do to yourself. That, uh, okay, explain that, what, what is it? <clears throat> okay, it's instead of the old anesthesia, there's a new drug on there, and it's basically acid. It's basically, it's like it, you hallucinate. So they give but, you, they give you this to put you under. They give it to put you under, and what it does oh, is, um, it's they, um, it takes away some of the um, uh, anxiety. Sure. Because. You're hallucinating. You're not. You don't have the anxiety. Where the other drug, you have some anxiety. The thing about the anxiety is you get past the anxiety. The the forgetter drug, you never, you never um, see what happened to you. You never. It, it's a moment in life, and people think, well, that's what I want. I don't want to know it. If you if you never are in control of it. Mm-hmm. Then you can never fix it. You can never go. Okay, that's what happened. I now there. I've hallucinated um, from um, at regular anesthesia, but then I go. Oh no, that didn't happen. I was. Um, I actually hallucinated. And I thought to myself. Um, at one point, I I went out to lunch with some friends that that stopped by the hospital. We went out to lunch, came back, and then I'm I'm recovering. Right. You know, but. Then I went, oh, no, I've been here the whole time, and this is what happened, and this is what happened, and all right, I was in that operation, and that's what happened in there. But isn't Versed responsible for you having that conversation with your father and looking down and seeing? No, that's, that is my point, exactly. That's the other operation that I had, anesthesia. The operation with Versed, yeah. I, I, you want to know what happened? I, a buddy of mine opened a car wash that was cowboy themed at the top of like Mulholland uh-huh. and he was walking me through it and it 
the neighbors were pissed at him and they were like, how could you do this to our neighborhood? <laughs> and um, literally, I could tell you story after story after story after story of psychotic craziness. That, and what's wrong <clears throat> with that? Why don't because, you want that? Because you, you, like I said, look at the other, the other option. I, I'm watching, I'm outside my body looking at an operation and I'm there with my father who passed away six months ago. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at life and I'm looking at the existence and, and deciphering whether or not I want to come back. And he says to me, of course you want to go back. Why wouldn't you want to go back? This is life. You have, you have responsibilities and you have life to live. That's why we're here, to live right. life. And so I... But you're, you're not guaranteed that you're going to have that same experience. Like you're almost, I'm guaranteed I'm not with the other one. Okay, but you're almost comparing, uh, like, should I do acid or should I do shrooms? No, not at all. No, because I'm telling you, the Versed is make-believe. It's gone. It's like you're, you are now in cartoon land. Right. And the, the regular anesthesia right. is a... Um, Isoprofofol, I think it is. is Isoprofene or something like that. um, That is um, an amnesia of of sort. It's Mm. it's an amnesia that you are in control of. And you can, I mean, eventually I looked back at that operation and I went, oh my God, I remember the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I remember the whole thing. I remember doctors on the side talking about baseball. Right. And talking about the the World Series, and that happened. That's right. not that wasn't a, an hallucination. That that happened. Right. And I was under anesthesia, and I don't remember pain. I don't remember anything. All of right, stuff. but from another but, from the other standpoint, from say the anesthesiologist or doctor standpoint, uh, if we give him isoprofofol, he might be aware of what's going on in the room, and he might panic. If we give, oh, him I, I was so far. No, out. no, I'm saying from their point of view. If if he is aware, if the patient is aware, the patient might panic. But when we give them Versed, they go to La La Land, and there's mm-hmm. nothing for them to worry about. They don't panic. Okay, and the operation here's goes the smoothly. the truth of that is, at one point they left they left me, and I almost climbed out of the bed because I was freaking out. Oh, the Versed? The Versed. You were having I a, was hallucinating that they left me in a garage a somewhere. A fear and loathing in a Las and Vegas moment. I, exactly. I, okay. I felt like they left me in a garage in like, in um, uh, Simi Valley okay. at some auto body shop. And thing, I was yeah. going, oh, dude, it was so specific. But um, the, he said to me on the Versed, he said, um, you pulled the tubes out of your mouth. Do you remember doing that? Mm. And I said to him, yes. And I had no idea mm. that I did that. But I said to him, yeah, I do remember that. And he goes, do, he goes, why would you do that? And I said, I didn't want him in me. And then afterwards I went, when did that happen? Why did that? I don't remember any of that. But I was talking to him as if I knew everything that was going on. And the doctor said to me, he goes, why would you do that? And I said, I didn't want him in me. And then later I went, I didn't even know they were in me. Right. I, so I don't even remember what the hell we're talking about. Um, where the regular anesthesia, I'm not having a panic moment because I wasn't, I wasn't conscious at all at that moment. It was later on that I looked back at it and went, oh, okay, that makes sense to me. I, I went to sleep in, in, with the anesthesia. I went to sleep and I woke up in the ICU. Mm-hmm. That's what happened at, with, under anesthesia. 
under Versed. I came to the hospital, and I remember going coming to the hospital, being in pain, and being uh, like borderline conscious. And then next thing I know, there were bugs, and there were it was like there there were so bats, many hallucinations. Bats. Where are, where are all these bats coming from? Nicole said to me one day, um, she goes, are, um, "Do you remember?" This was like a month after I got out of the hospital. She said, "Do you remember looking up above my head?" pointing and saying bugs and I I just started I I just started to cry like immediately I never thought somebody could cry that fast I just started to cry because I had this not because it was sad but I just had this like this feeling had to come out you Mm -hmm. know I started crying and she goes I'm sorry I'm sorry and I was like no you're exactly right I remember that moment Mm -hmm. because I saw you sitting there Mm -hmm. and the the net that is on the curtain when you close it on the in one of those mm-hmm. um, hospital mm-hmm. bed, it's mm-hmm. like the top, it's so air can. Yeah, but that net looked like um, honeycomb to me. Like, oh yeah, you know, and Jeez. I just yeah. pictured bugs climbing in and out of them, and so I pointed to bug. Anyway, little things like that. That well, um, you can so you can request <clears throat> in the operation. You know, if I was have. if I was conscious, I would have because I somebody had mentioned. But I mean, that your next me? operation, you can. As long as I'm conscious, I go in there. I'm conscious. I'm telling them, I'm like, if well, you, you, talk, you come near me with Versed, I'm gonna sue the hospital. You talk to the mind. anesthesiologist, or you tell the doctor beforehand. Matter of fact, I told the doctor this one operation. I said, "You're not gonna use Versed, right?" And he, he goes, "Why not?" And I said, "No, I do not want that. I don't want any drug like that. I want the regular." You just tell them that you had a bad reaction and, to it, and they'll and yeah, yeah, that'll end it. I mean, that's what I'll say now. But from um, before, he he was arguing. He was like going. That this is the newest thing. It's the best thing for you. Mm-hmm. And I was going. So was cigarettes at one point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was it is evil. All I know is. So was ecstasy. I am, so I am a on things. a podium of telling people that is the most evil thing mm-hmm. you can do to your body. The second time I went under anesthesia, I had the hiccups for three days. Wow. And contemplated blowing my brains out. Like I couldn't sleep. Wow. I hiccuped for three days. It was awful what is that why so i googled and googled and found out that the tubes that you talk about being Uh pulled out sometimes the anesthesiologist puts the tube down too far and it irritates your esophagus and it can't correct itself a hiccup is uh it's hard to explain on the podcast but anyway two flaps that open up are not sitting correctly, uh, almost like your butt cheeks out of alignment, which I think we talked about. Before. Um, and one of the flaps falls under the other, and it keeps trying to hiccup to put the flap back together correctly. And that flap gets irritated, um, and it I hiccuped and hiccuped. And so the third time I went under anesthesia, the second time was for the left knee, and the third time was for an operation on the right knee. Uh, I told the anesthesiologist about it, uh, and he looked at me puzzled. He was like, I didn't even know that was a thing i'm like yeah it's a thing there's a lot of people online that have hiccups after anesthesia and i was like so just don't put the tube down that far and he goes i'll take care of it and i walked away from that operation no so just to come full circle because there i have another free nudity story except (laughs) with my free nudity it was my free nudity like i had the open heart and so every time they would come in and go um we'd like to see your scar oh I had the abdominal scar first. Right. I just pulled the blankets off, dick and all, all, and mm-hmm. they would go, oh, and they would like pull it back. 
it's a student hospital, so there were like ten people in the room. I did not right. give a rat's ass, right. and I was like, "No, everybody gets free nudity on this one." There you go. Right. Um, and you you don't care so much that I I literally like if if you said to me, "Come on," because they kept saying to me, "Come on, let's get up and walk. Let's get up and walk." Mm-hmm. I was like. I will literally do this naked. I don't care. Right. That's it's a different mind frame completely. And one other one other story that comes to mind of my own free nudity. Right. Lake Havasu. <laughs> okay. And I'm I'm at the top of the beach. It's not a big drop, but it was enough of a drop. And there were girls be- below me. Yeah. And this girl's on her stomach and she looks up and she was probably 40 feet away, so I couldn't hear them, but I watched her mouth. <laughs> I watched, I lip read her go, I can see that guy's balls. <laughs> 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 and I, I went, did she just, and I went, oh, she's looking at my balls. Right. <laughs> and so I adjusted, and then she looked, she looked at her friend like, oh my God, he just saw me looking at his ball. <laughs> it was one of the, my favorite moments of she life. Got, yeah, she got free nudity <laughs> out of you. That's awesome. She went, oh my God, I can see that guy's balls. Now, if I did that without, without the voice, if I just went, you could see that I'm saying. Right, right. I can see you lifting it. <laughs> Havasu, I feel, doesn't count though. Like, there's a lot right. of nudity there that, right. uh, you know, you're not you're not getting it. You're not seeing anything by surprise in Havasu. Right. If, if it was there. Jersey, or if it was well, maybe right. not Jersey, if another beach, it's like <laughs> I I I was I went to Mardi Gras. I was shocked. I saw boobs. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? Yeah. Um, cool. How's uh? What else? What else is new? Oh, what else? It's all well. It goes well. Is that it? We're caught up. I think so. You're enjoying the vlogs. I am. Good. I know. I got to see the um, the trim vlog. The trim vlog. Yeah, you you came to help me with the. Trim. Oh, you haven't even watched your own vlog no. of of your house. No. You're 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 not that big of a fan. You're only. I, I'm told you I'm behind. Out. I'm just behind. I have to catch up. You need to uh, you need to vlog. Mm-hmm. Now do you do it time. five days a week. I do it seven days. You do a week. the whole seven. Yeah, every day. That's why I'm behind. You're not giving me days to catch up. Yeah, and then when I do long ones, like 17 minutes, it makes it rough for, for people, I guess. Hard. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, you know. I try to, like, this uh, past week I did one that I think was like 17 minutes long, and I tried really hard to get it down. And, uh, you know, sometimes the length is as long as it takes to tell the story. Absolutely. And, uh, that's you, know, I, you I don't know. That's how long the story is. Yeah. What do you do? I'm with you. So... All right. Let's, um... So I'm Vince Roca. And I'm Tom Ayers. And for more on the show, visit getconvinced.com. <laughs>